kind of teaching I would do, but I believe that God's going to bless this. I believe He wants us to do this. And I just have felt His unction about this, not just today, but for several, a couple or three weeks now. And uh, But I just really sense it uh, this evening and this afternoon about the unction God's got on this. He wants us to know these things. And so I've titled this, What About Israel? So we're going to study. This is going to be more like Bible study. So get yourself limbered up. Get your Bible ready to flip and turn and go a bunch and fast and hallelujah. So what about Israel? You know, we hear a lot about Israel in the news. Probably some channels more than others. Uh, we hear a lot about terrorist attacks uh, in Israel. We hear things about the Palestinians. And uh, we know that there are so many people in government that believe that, uh, that the Palestinians have a right to the land of Israel. And uh, they don't. And we'll probably prove that just by the scriptures that we are going to be reading tonight. Um, the news media blames Israel for a lot of things that happen that really are the Palestinians' fault. Uh, Israel is not aggressively attacking Palestinians. I'm, this, I'm just throwing this in there. But Israel is defending themselves. When you hear they've killed a Palestinian, then it's because they are defending themselves against terrorism. And they have to do that. Israel is a very small nation. It's surrounded by Jordan on the east. On the north is Syria and uh, Lebanon on the north. Uh, it's surrounded by some bad folks, I can tell you. <laughs> and Egypt is on the south. And uh, so there's just some bad, bad news folks all the way around Israel. They have to be very diligent against uh, terrorists, against uh uh, they are very, uh, they're very high tech about it. They're very, all, they, boy, they got it down pat how to defend themselves. And uh, they aren't letting any Syrian refugees come into Israel that might have, <laughs> that might be, you know, <laughs> radical Islamic terrorists or whatever. So, anyway. We also hear about anti-Semitism being on the rise, especially in Europe. We know there's been attacks against Jews in France, in Belgium, uh, in a lot of those European countries. We know that anti-Semitism is on the rise in America again, and, and we hear about that. Radical, the Iranians, they call Israel the little Satan. And they call America the great Satan. And uh, they hate our guts. They hate Israel's guts. They would like to, they make no bones about the fact they would like to wipe Israel and us off the face of the earth, but especially Israel. And so we need to talk about tonight does that have anything to do with us? Um, I, I was, when I was writing all this down, I've been meditating on this for three or four weeks now, but when I was writing it down, I was just reminded of what Eric talked about Sunday, about 
God uh, can't favor isn't fair and God gets to do and decide what he wants to do. He set up the system. He gets to do it like he wants to. He gets to decide. And he's already decided it and he wrote it in here. He's not changing his mind every day. And, you know, we don't have to wonder what God's going to do or who, what's, uh, he's already decided. But he has that right to decide. He had the right to decide. And we don't have any right to question him. But that's exactly what most people in the world do is they question what God says about Israel. And they just don't feel like it's fair at all that Israel gets uh, Jerusalem, Israel gets uh, the land. They don't think that's fair. That's just not right. The Palestinians, they have a right. But Palestinians have no right. And the reason they don't have any right to it is because God said they didn't. God said who that land belongs to. And if you don't like it or if I don't like it, that's tough. We don't have a, we don't have a right to question God's Word. We do not have the right to question it. Now, we can ask God for to explain it, and we may say we don't understand it, but He will explain it, and really it's all in the Word. The people don't understand it because they don't read the Bible. And if they read the Bible, they don't read it with understanding because it takes the Holy Ghost to shed light on the Bible. And one thing about it, God's not going to shed light onto the, on the Bible for somebody that's going in there. You know, you've got to come in with the right heart. For God to show you what the Bible's saying. Otherwise, He'd just hide it from you. Right? He's, you know, He talks about casting... He don't cast His pearls before the swine. No, you've got to come in with the right heart. But if you've got the right heart, He'll show you all of His revelation and all His will from the Word of God. I am a firm... I take a firm stance on this. That we all all know why we believe what we believe. We can just say, well, I believe the Bible. And, or we can just accept the fact that God said, well, I, God's, those are God's chosen people. But I think we ought to know why we believe that. I think we ought to know where in the Scriptures th that those things are said. And, and so that's what we're going to do tonight because that's what God's leading me is that we talk about Israel. You know, some Christians dislike the Jews because they say, that the Jews rejected Jesus as their Messiah and crucified Him. So we're going to look at that tonight and see if the Jews rejected Jesus as their Messiah and if they crucified Him. They believe that the Jews have been condemned by God to wander on this earth aimlessly and to be persecuted. In other words, it's called the diaspora, that, that God scattered the Jews. That's what this diaspora means, is to scatter. That God scattered the Jews all over the earth, and they're just to wander around aimlessly, and they're to be persecuted. Um, some Christians believe that the once that once the Jews were the beloved people of God, His chosen people, but now they have been replaced rejected and replaced by the church. And you could only believe those things if you were taught that by somebody who didn't read their Bible and then you didn't read your Bible because it's not the truth. Um, so uh, Christians, a lot of Christians believe that Jews rejected their Messiah, Jesus, and so God poured out His wrath and destroyed their capital city, Jerusalem, their temple, and their nation in 70 A.D. We know Jesus prophesied that that would happen 
in, and, and it did happen in 70 A.D. Uh, and, but here's the thing. They believe that since that time, the church has replaced Israel. And that is called replacement theology. And that is common and was very common up until uh, the Jews got their nation back in 1948. And they got their uh, land, they got their nation, the nation of Israel became a state or became a nation. It was really always a nation in God's eyes, but it became a nation recognized in the earth in 1948. Uh, and had not, you know, had been gone since 70 A.D. And not 70 A.D., 70 years after, to, that's a long time, isn't it, to 1948. And so... <coughs> um, that's called replacement theology, and it was very common because even people that read their Bibles and that understood it, it just didn't seem possible that it was ever going to really happen because it had been so long, and it did not seem possible that, 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 that the nation of Israel, that Israel would be made a nation again. And, but in 1948, when that happened, and it was, uh, it was just a, it was a, a, a one-day thing. One day they're not a nation, the next day they are. It was a suddenly that God did in the earth. And it was, whoo, all of a sudden that got the attention of the church. The church began to study the word of God and began to see what God really thought uh, about Israel and be refreshed in that. Although there were always some people that knew there was a great... Um, uh, mount of the church that believed in replacement theology up until that time. And you say, well, I, I wasn't affected by replacement theology, but I was because when we first got filled with the Spirit, of course, I didn't know anything about Israel except one thing, and that's where you're at right now, 122 verse 6. I knew my grandmother prayed for Israel and said you were supposed to love Israel. And so 122.6 of Psalms says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. And so she based her her Christian life on that and another scripture in Proverbs which says, he that winneth souls is wise. And so that was her two key places in the word of God. And so from her, I knew that we were to pray for Jerusalem, the peace of Jerusalem, and that we were to love Israel. But I didn't know why. I didn't have a clue why. So I'm, I'm a young Christian, just baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you know, you're listening to everything that comes because you're just hungry. And I heard somebody say, anytime you see Zion in the Old Testament, just replace that word with church. And that is basically replacement theology. Even though there, it is true that there are scriptures written to Israel that God can speak to us personally as a rhema word. Uh, like, for instance, he told me one time when I was believing for the bank to finance a car for us in West Texas, and they were kind of balking at it. The Lord gave me a scripture in Nehemiah. Well, it's about Nehemiah building the wall back in Jerusalem, but he gave me the scripture that said, it will not be, it will be according to my good hand upon you. It, this will be done according to my good hand upon you. And he gave me that scripture. Of course, that was out of context, but it was a rhema word. So God can do that, but we have to understand that it is this, that this Isaiah and, the, and Ezekiel and all these things, for the most part, so there are some prophecies about the church. There are prophecies about the Messiah, but for a lot of that is about Israel. And some of it's already passed, some of it's still to come. And a lot of it's still to come, in fact. Um, 
So um, a lot of Christians believe that there is no hope for the Jews and they received what they deserve. And if you've never heard of that, well, uh, there's been wars fought over this very thing. And in fact, the Nazis in World War II and Hitler, all of those people claimed to be Christians. And they were, uh, and I'm, and maybe they were. I know that I read in the book Bonhoeffer that uh, the German church, they were very, uh, what would you call it, asleep. They were kind of, they were asleep. Life was good. They were happy. Even the Jews in Germany, they were happy. Uh, uh, Germany was a very strong cultural center. There was symphonies and orchestras. And, you know, there was always, there was just a barrel of beautiful arts and fun things to do. And so they were just asleep. The Jews were, and the Christians were uh, uh they were uh, asleep at the wheel, they, and it crept in on them little by little. Hitler didn't just stand up one day, but they, they did several things. One of them was they went after their guns. In fact, if you read, there's something that was written I saw the other day where it gave the steps. I believe Pastor might have read it to the church. The steps to, you know, to getting where he went was, and one of the steps was take their guns away. Well, we hear a lot of things about taking the guns away, uh, thinking that will solve the problems. But all that will do is empower the government to do anything abusive that they want to do. And so, um, anyway, not to try to get into politics, but you know all this stuff, so I'm not telling you anything new. Uh, <clears throat> so, did the Jews reject their Messiah? And the answer is yes, and the answer is no. The answer is yes, that many of them did, because they were expecting something different than what came, for one reason. And then we're going to see some scriptures on some of the other reasons. But the answer is also no, because we know that a lot of Jews did receive Jesus. In fact, the early church was all Jewish. All the apostles were Jewish. All the New Testament's writers are Jewish. And... Uh, so, in one sense, part of them did and part of them didn't. Uh, uh, hallelujah. We know that the Gentiles actually didn't come into the church for the most part until Peter fell in a trance on the rooftop and uh, that, that sheet came down and God said, Peter, kill and eat. And it was, uh, wasn't it a pig or swine? And uh, he talked about not eating anything unclean and God told him don't call anything unclean that I've called clean and he told him to go to Cornelius's house he went he got Cornelius and his family saved and uh, and so there was a Gentile there the Gentiles came into the church and then also Paul on the road to Damascus God saved him on the road and then he sent him his main ministry was to the Gentiles so hallelujah up until that time the church was Jewish and so uh, <clears throat> hallelujah let's go to Romans chapter 11 we'll get into a bunch of scriptures now kind of laid the foundation for that and I know it's not anything you uh, didn't know but Hallelujah. Get reminded of it. Romans 11, verse 25. We'll hear a lot more about Israel as the end times come on forth. Uh, I really, we might watch that next week, but uh, 
I thought Joe Morris today was a se- exceptionally uh, good. Romans eleven twenty five. maybe we'll watch that next week uh, if we're still on this. He said, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. That's interesting that God says that in part the reason the Jews didn't receive Jesus as their Messiah and that they're blind even to this day is that God that God orchestrated that so that the Gentiles could come in. The church. We are the church. Uh, and that all those that are born again and receive Jesus Christ are the church. And we are... Uh, the body of Christ. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Um, <clears throat> so then let's talk about, did the Jews crucify Jesus? Did the Jews actually crucify him? Because that's one of the things that the Nazis and and other, I, I mean, you can go back through church history, that they hated the Jews. They still, many Christians, or they call themselves Christians, hate the Jew because they say, well, they killed Messiah. They killed Jesus. They crucified him. And the answer to that is also uh, yes and no. We do know that the answer is yes, they did crucify him in the sense. I was reading this this past week in John that says, uh, when Pilate asked him, asked them, uh, do you want me to release Jesus to you? Because it was the custom to release one prisoner. They did not, they said, no, 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 crucify him, crucify him. So then in that sense, yes, they, they did do that. Isaiah 53 verse 5 though, let's look a little more closely at the crucifixion of Jesus. And of course, this is the big redemption chapter, Isaiah 53, 5. It says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I think that we can take from that, and then there's some other scriptures we're going to give, that it was our transgressions and our iniquities, our sin, not just the Jews that did it, but our sin, our iniquities, that's what sent Jesus to the cross. That's why he had to go. Then in verse 10, and yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Did you know it pleased God? And I know you know this, but let's just go over it again. It pleased God to put Jesus on the cross. That's hard to imagine. But it pleased him to do it. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. So it pleased God to put Jesus on the cross because he saw the seed. He saw, he saw what would come forth from that. And that was the only way to get it. If there had been another way to get it, God would have done it another way. But that was the only way there was to God to get it. It was God's will for Jesus to die on the cross. Now, you would think that everybody knows that, but most Christians would say, no, it is not was not God's will for Jesus to die on the cross. But it was God's will. See, we got to accept things like Eric said the way God. God says they are, not the way that our human mind, and like he said, our Western culture would say. Our Western culture would say, no, you can't murder your own son. 
But that's man's way of thinking. And certainly that is true, but in, in most ever sense. But in this sense, that's what had to be done. God had to do it. Jesus had to die on the cross. And, and we know that this was not something thought up by Pilate or thought up by the Jews, thought up by those men that were walking the earth, the Roman soldiers. It was not thought up by them because Revelation 13, 8 says that Jesus is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. This is something Jesus, I mean God, planned. God knew it before He created the earth before he created if you think about the foundation of the earth before he created Adam and Eve God already knew this is how it would be he already knew how long it would take to get from the garden of eden to get to uh 2000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross and became our savior it was a long haul wasn't it it really was um but this was all God's will turn to Romans chapter 3 Hallelujah. Now, it wasn't God's will for Adam to sin in the garden, but he knew it was going to happen. He knew it was going to happen, but he wanted a man with free will. He could have said, no, 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 now I'm not going to let that happen. But if he had done that, then Adam wouldn't have had free will, and none of us would have ever had free will, and we would have been robots. You know, you hear a lot, that's another thing you're hearing a lot about these days is robots. They're, they're out there. And, you know, now I heard that, is it China or Russia that has some robot army guy that, hallelujah. That was stuff you was, that was sci-fi 30 years ago or 41. <laughs> now it's like, okay, that's, that's, that's real. Okay. So now we are at uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 9 says, what then? Are we better than they? Talking about, are we better than the Jews? Are we better than Israel? No, in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles, Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. Everyone, we've all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. None righteous, no, not one. We all sin. It was not the Jews' sin. It was not Pilate's sin. It was all of us. It was all of our sin that sent Jesus to the cross. And we are not better than the Jews. We're blessed because we've received Jesus Christ as our Savior, but, we're, but we are not better than. Isaiah 53, 6. You might ought to keep your finger in... Romans and, and in Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. Hallelujah. I'm glad for that. I'm thankful for that. So four things we want to find out about Israel. That was all just introduction. The four things we want to find out is Israel's permanence. Has God rejected them? And then we want to find out Israel's position. Has God replaced them? Israel's promise. Has God abandoned them? And Israel's purpose. Does God still have a purpose 
uh, for Israel? And I'm sure you can guess from what we've already covered the answers to all of them, but we don't want to guess. We want to know why we believe what we believe. Why do we believe this? So we're going to go over to 2 Samuel chapter 7. I told you it's going to be Bible drilled. Now, this is Bible study. 2 Samuel is right before Kings. 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 24. Uh, and you, will, you need to mark these places in your Bible. Because there's gonna, there might come a time when you needed to show somebody these very things. You know, uh, if uh, we had a president, his name was Jimmy Carter, and he is uh, was a really, really bad president concerning Israel. He's very what you would call pro-Palestinian. You'd think being a Baptist Christian. That he would know a little bit of this stuff. But for some reason, it must not got taught in Plains, Georgia's First Baptist Church. You know, didn't get taught in the sea graves. Texas is First Baptist Church, so I'm not surprised. But uh, you would think that Christians would know these things. And now we have a president right now, and he is not very good to the Jewish people. Not very good at all. He doesn't understand, you can tell. And he is pro, I, would, I don't know if he's, he definitely wants Palestinians to have the land, some land. I don't know if you'd call him pro-Palestinian. But funny thing is, we had a president named Bill Clinton who, I, can I say this, and y'all can bleep this off the tape, who had the morals of an alley cat, uh, but he was good to Israel. And they say that the reason he was good to Israel is because that right before he took the oath of office, his Baptist preacher in Arkansas, uh, that he took him aside and said, whatever you do, be good to Israel. And I don't know if he understood why, but evidently he believed his Baptist preacher, and he was good to Israel while he was in office. A lot of people say that's why when he came right up to the brink of being impeached, that he wasn't. That, it, that God spared him. That God spared him because he had been good to Israel. And then you also hear things about the George Bush Sr. That he, one time Israel came knocking on the, the government's door, the U.S. government's door, saying, we need money. We need something. We need money. And I don't even remember what it was for. They needed $5 billion, which doesn't sound very much now. Probably sounded like more when he was... Uh, back then, but doesn't sound like much. But anyway, they needed five billion dollars, and he turned them down. And like, and suddenly, a hurricane practically came out of nowhere, unexpected, and hit Kenny Bunkport, which is, you know, it was his uh, little compound or whatever, where he went for his vacation. And so, uh, that's what we—that's what I've heard, and. You can think what you want to, but it does seem like 
something like that happened. Second Samuel uh, 7 verse 24, For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to a, be a people unto thee forever, 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 and thou, Lord, art become their God. So Israel is going to be a people to God forever. Really, we wouldn't even have to look up any more scriptures. That's enough right there to know. How long is Israel going to be a people to God? Forever. But I believe we'll learn some stuff if we do look up some more. So let's go to Jeremiah chapter 31. So we have presidential candidate right now, I believe. Uh, I don't know that Donald Trump knows much about why, you know, as far as I know, he's been saved a month. <laughs> and uh, Some people say, well, you know, he just did that to... But I don't know. I just trust James Dobson. I wouldn't trust it anymore. If James Dobson says it to me, it's just like Billy Graham said it. I mean, I just... So I'm just trusting that that is true and that is what happened. And what they said was that Paul White led him. Now, I know Paul White... Is has friendship with Donald Trump because it has been 10 years ago I was watching Paula White one day and she had y'all know who Paula White was Church Without Walls down in Lakeland, Florida anyway, was, she still is <laughs> but anyway um, and she was having her program in New York and she had Donald Trump as her guest for two days and I'm thinking, what are you thinking what in the world? Why would you want to have Donald Trump on your program? He don't know nothing about God prospering his people, and he don't know nothing about God. And I was, and I thought, but now I've thought, Debbie, you were very short-sighted. I'm glad God don't pay much attention to me a lot of the times because, you know, it might have been a good thing that Paula White got to be friends with uh, Donald Trump. And they say she's the one that actually led him to the Lord. Jeremiah 31, verse 35. But anyway, I'm saying, I started to say, I don't think he knows a lot about Israel. But he put a man on his running mate, Mike Pence, who is very, very pro-Israel. And his voting record when he was in the Congress, I don't know if he was, was he in the House or the Senate before he was, I don't know. Anyway, they say his voting record was always, yes, for Israel, always blessed Israel. And so um, <clears throat> if you didn't know that, now you know more than you ever did. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-five. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, saith the Lord. Well, Israel has done some bad things in the past. We especially read those things in the Old Testament where they rejected God and disobeyed and all those kind of things. But he says that unless you can measure the heavens, well, I don't think anybody can because scientists tell us that it's still expanding, that the, the, the heavenlies are growing and 
Uh, so I don't think we can ever measure the heavens. And it says to the foundations of the earth searched out beneath. I don't think anybody's ever been to the very core of the earth. As far as I've ever heard, they never have. And he said, if not, unless those two things happen, I will not cast off the seed of Israel. And he said, unless the moon quits doing what it does and the stars and the sun, then, then Israel will always be a nation to me. So that tells me that even when Israel quits, being a nation that 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 to God they were still a nation now we know they actually have a nation recognized by uh, the world hallelujah or at least most of the world uh, verse 36 oh yeah I read that and I read verse 37 okay go into Isaiah chapter 49 so why do we believe what we believe so now we know that it's going to be forever. It's not going to end. Some people would like for it to, but it's not going to. Isaiah 49, verse 14. Now, this merely means a lot to us. We just sang a song tonight that says, His love never fails. It never runs out on me. So if we can go over here and look how faithful God has been to Israel, how He has how he's keeping the scriptures, how he has kept the scriptures, how this word is exactly what he says, and what he says is exactly how it's going to be, then we ought not to have trouble believing that his love will never fail us, that he'll never run out on us. So it does mean a lot to us to know these things. It's the basis of how we can believe. I heard Joe Moore say today that the prophecies in the Old Testament about Jesus... That and every one of them came to pass exactly, exactly like it was prophesied in the Old Testament. That it's a 430 plus 30 zeros chance to one that that could even happen, that all of those prophecies come to pass, and yet they did. I'm telling you what, God keeps His word, there ain't nothing that's going to be able, if that can't, it's not anything going to be able to stop it. And everything he's prophesied about the church and about the second coming and everything that you read in Revelation, bless God, it is going to come to pass. Hallelujah. Amen. Isaiah 49, verse 14. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Now that's what Israel said. Said God's forsaken us and he's forgotten us. And I'm sure it felt like that sometimes. But it says, but he answered this way. Can a woman forget her nursing, her sucking child or nursing child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. God has written Israel. He is, I don't know if it's every one of their names or just one, but he, he's got big hands. Hallelujah. He has written their name, and I believe he probably can write the size of a pinhead too. So he probably could get them all on there. But he's written the name of Israel on the palms of his hands. And he says, I'm not going to forget. And even though it's very unlikely for a mother to forget her nursing child or to not have compassion, it's, pro it's not probable. It could happen, but it's not probable. But God says, but it will never happen, never happen that I will forget Israel. 
never going to happen. Hallelujah. I tell you, this is exciting. Um, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 11. He says, For I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee, though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure, and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. So here, God's saying here, I will never, I will never make a full end to the nation of Israel. Now we hear Iran say they're going to wipe, they want to wipe uh, Israel off the face of the earth. It is their full intent to do that. And you know what? I don't even think Benjamin Netanyahu and the I think they feel like that might even could be possible. They need to read this scripture, don't they? Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you, I don't care if Iran turns out 30 nuclear weapons new every day or a thousand nuclear weapons new every day, they are not going to be able to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Joe Morris talked today about that Russia, when they come down, this after we're gone in the rapture, you know they're going to come down for a spoil. Russia is. That 82% of Russia is going to be wiped out. And that reminded me when I read this scripture. When I read, heard that, it reminded me of this scripture. He said, I might make a full end of all the other nations. None of the other nations have the security that Israel has. Iran just don't know it, but God could wipe them out just like that. In fact, the Bible tells us that Damascus is going to... I'm just waiting for the day that we hear on the news. We turn on the news and they say, well, Damascus is no more. Because the Bible says that that city is going to be gone. And so, and he says, I might wipe out all the other nations, but I will never make a full end of Israel. He says, however, I will discipline you. And... uh you know, we know that that's happened and has happened. And uh, I don't know if it's through happening, but whatever. So I think we have um, come to the conclusion that God intends to preserve Israel as a nation. And He has done that. He has done that. And so we'll go on to Israel's position. Has God replaced Israel with the church? This will address the replacement theology. And to do that, let's go to Romans chapter 9. I won't keep you much past 9 tonight. <laughs> I'm too hot to keep you too long. It's getting warm up here. <laughs> Romans chapter 9, verse 3. It says in Romans 9, 3, for I could wish that myself were accursed. This is Paul speaking. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. This is a very interesting and important scripture. 
Uh, Paul loves his brethren of the flesh, his his Israelite brethren, and he said he would if they if it would cause them to be receive Christ. This is quite a statement. If they could receive Christ by him being cursed, he would take that for them to receive Christ. That that's love, isn't it? Um, and the, but he goes on and tells us that all the things that we received from the Jewish people. The church is blessed because of the Jewish people, because of them, the adoption and the glory. The glory. Remember the Moses and the glory? And the covenants. The covenants are because of them. And the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises and the fathers we have Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Daniel and uh, uh, Esther and Ruth and all the people that we love, the fathers and the mothers of the old covenant. They are, they are ours because of the Israeli people, the Jews. The f- and, and the flesh, even Christ. You know, I think that a lot of people that are anti-Semitic who are Christians... They need to have a wake-up call and realize that Jesus is a Jew. Jesus is a Jew. I know that most, we think he's white. If you go down to the black church, I know because there's a black church here in town that I went in, and there is black Jesus hanging on the wall. And that's fine. I'm not against that, but it's just not a fact. He's just not a black Jesus. He's not a white Jesus, unless you just want to say, well, he is to us what we want him to be. But He's a Jewish Jesus. He's got a, he's Middle Eastern looking. He's got an olive complexion. He's got black hair. Hallelujah. He looks like a Middle Eastern man. He's a Jew. Amen. And uh, I think we, you know, sometimes people get anti-Semitic and they don't like the Jews. And I don't really know why. Sometimes it's just jealousy. You know, there's all these jokes about how Jews, uh, they, they'll cheat you, and they're tight, and they'll, uh, they prosper, and boy, they got all the money stacked up. And it's true. They do stack it up. God blesses them because of his covenant with Abraham, and they have a lot of money, a bunch of them. You know, but they, they also have a mentality. I read a book about the Jews, and uh, it talked about, for one thing it listed, you'd be shocked at all the famous people in America that are Jewish. They don't advertise it. But they are. But um, they, um, I read in this book that Jewish families, they don't ever think about their uh, kids working out five for wire or working out. Not there's anything wrong with that, but that does not cross their mind. Their kids, they look at it like every one of their sons is going to be a doctor, a lawyer, or a, a, a businessman on their own business. And that's how they treat them. That's how they train them. That's what they send them to school for. And the only re- reason they'd think any different is if you are a certain tribe and you're going to be a, a, a rabbi or something. Uh, but they, they intend for their kids to prosper and make money and be wealthy. And, uh, you know, it was a Jewish man. I forget his name. Now, I've read it, but a Jewish man actually financed the Revolutionary War for George Washington. And uh, they're just, it's just amazing. 
is amazing. And so uh, uh, we'll talk about that some more later. Um, are we in Romans? Did I ever read it? Yeah, I did. I read it. Hallelujah. Praise God. I think I'm wilted. <laughs> um, so the, the Abrahamic and Davidic and Mosaic covenant and also the new covenant belongs to, let's go to Genesis 13 and we're winding this one up, but uh, belongs to the Jews, came because of the Jews. Hallelujah. We, we should be thankful and honoring. Now, I'm fascinated by the Jewish people. I watch a blog by, and it's a family in uh, San Antonio, a man, a wife, he's a lawyer, and two sons, and uh, they're just, and they're Jewish, and I'm just, I'm just fascinated by them because of their Jewishness, and, and they are, they go to synagogue and stuff, they are practicing, I don't know, they're not the Orthodox, but they're, they are practicing, they take their boys to Sunday school on Sunday morning, then they go out because their church is on Saturday night, but then the kids have Sunday classes on Sunday morning. So one of their sons graduated from high school this year, so I guess they got a lot of money applied to every college and you can think of, and uh, so they came to Alabama, and uh, that's where they missed it. Boy, they just missed it totally because the kid ended up going to Ole Miss, or he's going to Ole Miss, yeah. It's just, what can you do about things like that? I know my uh, my uh, cousin, I have three first cousins. So I guess I have more than that, but I only know three of my first cousins. And so he is a super huge, graduated from University of Texas. And he's such a Longhorn fan that he, he he's prospered. And so he lives in the Woodlands, that's Houston. And he has, but he has him a little ranch between Houston and and uh, Austin, so he can go to the games. And for his 50th birthday, him, his wife and his friends gave him a real Longhorn cow. And uh, yeah, and so, because that's how big a fan he is. Well, we got the graduation announcement from Chance, his son, uh, this past May, and it was really nice, fancy announcement. And it said, Chance is going to Oklahoma. And I went, Jimmy, you have failed. You have James, what, James Lynn, what is wrong with you? You have failed. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's that's what he, they say he's going to do. I could not believe it because Jim, I'm going to just end this because I'll just tell you family stories now. Because Jim, we went to my uncle's funeral in Mineral Wells when he died, Jim's dad. And uh, so Jim, we had met with them and visited and everything. So we had just played them in the national championship in January, and uh, was that, wasn't it, a national championship? Okay. We had played them. We had beat them in January, and so this was May when his daddy died, and he told us, and he believed it, we really won, but Colt got hurt. Colt McCoy, y'all remember Colt got hurt, but so we really won, and, and the bad part was he believed it serious and we're like y'all well but we so michael asked him well what about when sam bradford you did yeah did oklahoma really win we win when uh, you know sometimes things just aren't logical are they especially when it comes to 
politics and football, <laughs> things aren't logical, are they? I guess we're thinking about football now because it's coming, isn't it? Hallelujah. We'll finish up next week probably. Well, Lord willing, Creek don't rise and he don't give us something, something else to talk about. But I know there's a couple of more things he wants us to know about Israel. So let's get out our offerings. If you have a tithe or an offering tonight.